A New Jersey man received thousands of phone calls after his sons put up a billboard that read, Wish my dad a happy birthday with his phone number. A few of the calls actually wished him a happy birthday. The rest were just people phone banking for Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Look at Tamara. She wrote it, all right? Don't blame me. Delivered it. Starting in 2021, Americans will have to register online before traveling to Europe. World travelers. Uh, the Registry of American Tourists will help European countries make sure they have a sufficient supply of butter. No. Oh. Oh. Actresses Lori Laughlin and Felicity Huffman are among those charged in the college admissions bribery scandal. Lori Laughlin and Felicity Huffman's kids are so embarrassed. Then the news of the bribery scandal broke. <laughs> classic, classic joke. Take that, Lori Laughlin. The IRS is warning that a con artist may have already filed your taxes for you. Great, then the con artist can fold my laundry and pick up the kids from ballet class. Advisors for Beto O'Rourke have confirmed have also confirmed that he will be taking an extended tour of Iowa next week. Don't expect any announcements. He just needs to add a couple extra days because of how often he'll have to have this conversation. No, it's Beto. B-E-T-O. Not Beta. Beto. <laughs> I like the act out. Take that, Iowa. <laughs> Queen Elizabeth made her very first Instagram post. And Cardi B is already feuding with her. Alex Trebek released a heartfelt statement about fighting stage 4 pancreatic cancer. He says he's going to whip cancer like it's a Jeopardy contestant who can't name the fourth Persian king of the Achaemenid Empire. And finally, the internet turns 30 today. Meaning that earlier today, President Trump broke up with the internet. The Trump Report starts now. Yes, indeed. Welcome to the Trump Report. I'm Christian Apple, joined as always by Chelsea Apple, Tamara Apple, and of course, way on the end, Scott Apple. Thank you. Uh, Chelsea, it is delightful to have you back. Thank you. We have missed you. I can tell because you've already forgotten my name, but you've also forgotten Tamara and Scott's name, and they haven't been We are family. We are all part of the Apple family. You meant to do that so that you would use fewer words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, look, it's it's a, more about the uh, economy. Where we've had so much Bernie talk while you're gone. Unfortunately, we don't yeah. have any time for that today. <laughs> but uh, there's a, there is a lot to talk about. Uh, the uh, the Trump budget uh, is out, and uh, if you're like me, you pre-ordered it, but you're waiting for mm-hmm. uh, you're waiting for the Washington Post, Amazon to deliver it to you. Uh, so when I get it, I'll actually get to read through it. But uh, it's asked for an additional 8.6 billion dollars uh, for funding the wall. And honestly, at this point, I don't know. I mean, what's $8.6 billion between friends, right, Tamara? I mean, if I needed $8.6 billion, sure. you know, for my uh, investments in Las Vegas that have gone poorly, let's just say, I, I feel like I, I, I wouldn't feel uncomfortable asking you for it. Well, that's. I'm glad I give off that vibe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. Uh, should we be surprised that uh, the wall is more expensive than we were told it was going to be? <laughs> like Netflix? <laughs> The price just keeps jumping up, huh? What was it? Five million? Five? What was it before? I think it was four dollars and eighty cents at first. At first, it was whatever the equivalent in pesos <laughs> it was. Going to be made in popsicles originally, I believe, when he was yeah. campaigning. Yeah, and and they were Mexican popsicles that China was going to pay for. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but I don't know. I mean, obviously, we shouldn't be surprised. Um, how do you think? If you were an elected official, Tamara, how would you respond to this? Like, wait, now he wants more money. 
Uh, I would be wondering what what is the purpose of like he we've been saying for the past few weeks whenever we talk about the wall that what he's going to end up doing is changing the phraseology so that it's he's going to say see how I, I got the wall and referring to the pieces of the wall that already exist and parts that are being repaired and he will just phrase it to make it seem like he is responsible for those things that are already uh, that already are there, but I don't understand how it behooves him to be asking for more money. Do you think he could spell behooves if uh, he was given like <laughs> I don't four think I hours? Can spell behooves. Uh, well, that's good. Uh, Chelsea, yeah. Uh, do you think that eight point six million dollars billion? Pardon me. That's million? a big sure. mistake. Bargain. Do you think eight point yeah. six billion dollars is what it will take to finally make us safe? Oh, I'm I'm insulted for that <laughs> what? question. I, I, but I, I guess way to warm me back up. And yeah, I, it, it's a lot of money. Return. Think about what you can buy with 8.6 billion dollars. Yeah, well, you know, like I teach to my financially fit students, I teach them first you have to manage a little bit of money and then be really good with that. So if, for example, we gave Trump $8.6 and he proved that he could do something really good with that small amount, then it's like, okay, then we give him more because he can be entrusted to spend that money wisely. But to just give $8.6 billion for something that is <coughs> already sounds not worth um, not worth it, I guess, just the basic just way of saying it. It's just not worth the investment. Yeah. Uh, right. And actually, I think I like that the term that you used, investment, because when the government spends, we need to look at it like an investment. And are we... And not only are we getting monetary return for it, but are we getting a return for it that makes that investment worth it of both our money and, you know, energy and all of that that it takes to to build something like this for what we're trying to get it to do. Uh, I I wish that safety was as simple as a wall, but I don't think that anybody of, uh, let's see, how do I say this, of basic intelligence can tell, can convince me that just a wall will make us safe well, and will cure the ills uh, that they've been saying it will. Look, you don't have to be intelligent to be fiscally responsible, you know? I mean, it wouldn't actually... Ha- I don't think that that's the, uh, that's the criteria, is being intelligent. Just the idea of, like, what are you spending your money on? You know, exactly. Like... I, as, as much as there, you know, as, as much as I want to buy a, a 1977 Millennium Falcon still in the box, I know that I should send my kids to college. I know that that's a better use of my money. Yeah, I think that we've gotten a little bit caught up in just the number, and and the number is so big that our minds can't really grasp it. But we, in order to say whether 8.6 million or 8.6 billion is a good deal, we'd have to know all of the money, what's the pool of money that we have to be dealing with, and what else do we have to pay for, just the same way that we have to do in our personal finances. There is no way to tell if that $100 pair of shoes is a good idea for you until we know what's your entire budget, what other obligations do you have, and how high of a priority are those shoes and how useful will they be, how much usage will you get out of them, and yada yada. So, But to just look at the one number by itself, $8.6 billion, um, is is the way that too many of us go shopping, and it's irresponsible, and that's why we individually have the level of debt that we do, and as a country have the level of debt that we do. Mm. My, Very my, mm-hmm. my understanding of finances is that it's important to you know look for savings, you know collect. Uh, you can cut out coupons, you can find deals online. 
do you think that there could be savings to be had on the wall? Could there be, you know, materials that you might be able to save, I don't know, a million dollars? Well, you know, I have been a part of a project that builds schools out of uh, old soda bottles that have been stuffed with trash, and it reduces the cost of classrooms what? by half. That yeah, is, I, that's I, a real thing? That, it yeah. is a real thing. Where are these schools built? Uh, they are in. Most of them are in Guatemala. Okay. I will tell you that they are, are structurally sound. There's engineers involved. There's also cement involved, and you know it's a whole thing. I've done this six times. I need to get ready for trick number seven. But if you're at all interested in it, check out um, the organization Hug It Forward, and they take people so you can go a week at a time to help build these schools. But okay, sure, there are some some parts where I do believe that we need a physical barrier and something like, you know, maybe recycling the plastic that we're not really recycling that we should be. Sure, cool. Or there was some idea that I I saw, read about that that the wall could be solar panels. Mm -hmm. You know, that could be interesting. Um, But I, I don't think that a concrete barrier that by itself offers nothing other than a barrier and which is too expensive for what it's supposed to provide is worth it. Well, Chelsea, thank God for the world's soda consumption. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to build those mm-hmm. schools. So you're welcome. Uh, Scott Moore, uh, would you... Uh, all in all, we're just another brick in the wall. Agree or disagree? <laughs> agree. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. I, yeah. uh, I, but, uh, moving on. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> moving on. Well, there is a lot more to talk about in the budget, but uh, obviously... The price tag, you know, we've kind of aired thoughts here. What do you think this does for the base of uh, President Trump, who this wall... Uh, our friend Stuart J. Dresden, in the mm-hmm. chat right now, that seems to be maybe the, the... It's not the only important issue to him, but it is the most important issue to him. Uh, when it's these huge funds and it's a government that wastes so much money, do you think to the base it's like, okay, whatever it takes, just another yeah. $8.6 that might as well be another $8.60? Yeah, no, exactly, because going back to Chelsea's point, people don't really understand that size of money, and, and especially people that aren't keeping track of their own finances in the best way, have no concept of what $8.6 billion is. And, so sorry to interrupt, yeah. but I really feel like I have to. When we make purchases, even large purchases mm-hmm. like cars, some too many of us are not that good at thinking about what are the ongoing costs. Mm-hmm. The maintenance, the fixing, right. the insurance, because you got this really expensive car. So we can't just think of this as a one-time purchase, $8.6 billion. We already know that that's not what it's going to be. Right, right. So we're going to have to get the wall detailed. And, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You have to have maintenance on the wall. windows. Because and... it will eventually have uh, okay. cons- yeah, issues, and then you're, you're paying for you know all the, the maintenance maintenance and the ongoing keeping it going for years at a time but uh, let's also be honest this is just a blueprint this will never go anywhere as we know that which trump is learning the hard way with the national emergency that there's lawsuits and everything there that congress is, is responsible for the money so this is a blueprint of this is the priorities that he'd like to do but it's not going to be anything to look like this when they actually do pass a budget in the fall it's going to be completely different a uh, little bit of a mic drop from Scott Brown in the chat. Uh-oh. $8.6 billion could permanently end the homeless veteran crisis or any number of ills that we talk about, but only during campaign season. Mm. Thank you mm-hmm. for sharing that, uh, our Scott Brown. Good point. Uh, yep. Not Absolutely. Scott Brown, the former senator. I just haven't mentioned that in a while. <laughs> uh, so uh, the actual budget itself uh, comes in at a very responsible $4.7 trillion. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine there's anything that could be uh, trimmed away from that, uh, considering all the things that President Trump has felt the need to uh, cut some uh, spending on. Uh, education department faces 10% funding cut, uh, a cut in science. I mean, 
who needs science anyway? Uh, Tamara, you have to back me up on this. Science. If I wasn't forced to sit this close to you, I wouldn't be right now. <laughs> that's why That's why you sit here. I mean, I don't know. Like, what has science ever done for us? Science, Name me one thing. Mm-hmm. Science schmience. Thank I said, you. I don't I'm care so about that. What yeah. I am concerned about is I read today that, they, that it could uh, dissolve the uh, college loan forgiveness program that Obama set up, which personally, I had my college loans forgiven because I did not make enough income to pay them off and so uh i could potentially get those back which i cannot afford are you still uh paying off the money that felicity huffman spent to get you into college in the <laughs> oh, first place god that's really don't the part I that wish to be forgiven. that i had lori laughlin money <laughs> you know to be fair we all wish yeah, we had lori laughlin money uh so there are uh of course uh, uh you know just a a lot i, I don't know a 4.7 trillion dollars I, 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 that was what I was just talking about before. Mm-hmm. It gets into that level. Like I can't even, I can't even grasp the concept of that much money and uh, what it will do. So I think that we should, instead of talking about the amount of money, we should be talking about the percentage of the money that we want to spend on certain mm-hmm. things. Because I think the percentage is something that we can better understand and better grasp. What percentage of uh, the discretionary income or, or money that we have do we want to spend on? education and homelessness issues and science and therefore forget about four point trillion four point anything trillion it's just we we just cannot but that's exactly how i encourage people to manage their own budget is to set up by percentage rather than just the dollar amount because then that gives you a sense of what your values are and i think that a conversation about budgets needs to begin with what are our values as a country what is important to us and it's really sad that when you look at it we can say okay well clearly education is not important to us and basically anything that has uh doesn't have to do with the military is just not that important it's an afterthought and uh i i i am a bit embarrassed to 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 be to live in a, in a country uh whose uh, values are represented in the budget and having the budget that that we we do. I think that if more Americans thought about it this way, in that your budget represents your values, I, I think more Americans would be uncomfortable with it too, and also cringe. I don't know if they'd use the word embarrassment like I just did, but they would be uncomfortable with it, and I I believe would seek to change it. But when we're just told numbers, four point seven for this and a billion for that, we just cannot be any critical part of the conversation because we just have no bearings from which to to or a context from which to to give a, a healthy analysis but the uh, upside is that the plan calls for 2.7 trillion dollars in cuts i mean that's very exciting mm-hmm. i mean i mean the the environmental protection agency Where's the where's the information on that being something that's important to any of us, especially our future? Department of Education, I don't know, we're all out of school, that's fine. And the State Department, I don't know, our state doesn't have any money, so who cares? Uh, but uh, obviously these are... Uh, they don't really fit into a campaign promise. Now, let's not only hold President Trump to his campaign promises. No one follows through on their campaign promises. But he said that he's going to lim- eliminate the national debt while he's in office. So maybe he's counting on two terms. But this current budget proposal, and again, this is when we're talking about crazy numbers of money, but uh, these projections have the national debt ballooning to $31 trillion in 10 years. Uh, what do you do at that point? Do you just uh, switch to a new currency? And then you just be like, all right, well, we're not going to use dollars anymore. We're going to do what most people do. We're going to go with the 0% APR balance transfer that will last us 
12 to 18 well, months. That's a great idea. And we're going to hope to pray that we're going to get it paid off by then, but then we're not actually going to be able to, so the interest is going to be even higher than we started. And then during that year to 18 months, we're going to spend more money. So um, it's it's not going to turn out well unless we first individually get a hold of our personal finances and then use those skills to carry over into our political discourse. Uh, Scott, for years it was uh, considered basically the the third rail of politics to do anything with entitlement programs, mm-hmm. especially uh, Medicare, uh, Social right. Security. But uh, this budget uh, looks to reduce Medicare spending over the next 10 years, so yeah, it's a long time, but uh, $845 billion. Uh, what do you think it would take for you know an organization who basically sends propaganda into the house of retirees like the AARP to be like, oh no, wait a minute, this is this is not what we want, you know? Uh, and because I feel like that is how you maybe reach that group of people. It's like just so you know, this is what's going to happen over right. the next ten years. Right. Um, I I do think again that that is a something that is not going to happen once Congress sure. actually... But I mean, I, but it I mean just, just the fact that this is what he's calling for. Yeah, yeah. which, of course, he kept claiming he would never touch that and, and through all these years. And also, the other thing about his budget, which is which is very frustrating, is he has the economy a lot stronger in this budget, even with the trillions in, uh, you know, in deficits. Um, he's assuming a over, I don't know, it was like 3.9% GDP growth this year, Followed by another three percent next year and the year after, and it's never hit three percent for the full year. Again, he claimed that after the uh, tax scam that it was going to be well over three, maybe even four percent, maybe six percent, and it never hit three percent last year. It's exactly the same thing that individuals do: Mm -hmm. they overestimate their income. They're like, "Oh, I'm going to get a raise. I'm going to get." promotion, I'm going to have this side gig that brings them this mm-hmm. much, or they forget to think about what's going to be taken out of taxes right. from their salary already. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is just a really nasty reflection of what we're all doing right. on an individual basis. It, and it's, it, it is really terrible because of the fact that they're making assumptions on an economy that hasn't even hit that at this point and hoping that it will and helping that that's going to tamp down some of these trillions in debt. And then they have a 15-year balanced budget deal, which will never happen either and again just kicking the can down the road like you're talking about when people are spending on credit cards and other things that's what we're doing as a country and we just keep using that credit card and going deeper and deeper in debt and not being able to pay it off and it's just uh going back to that embarrassment it's just embarrassing to see that you put a budget together like that under really false assumptions but we're, we're seeing that the the reason that we're willing to do this is because we think it's good for the economy mm-hmm. um to be spending this much and it it has this like cycle of like we give more money to the military which is something that is proposed in trump's Mm -hmm. budget and military spending um goes up and then you know shares of boeing and all that stuff you know go up so it 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 gives this idea that that it it stimulates the economy Mm -hmm. and so then we think that that stimulated economy is going to make up for the money that we're spending but it never catches up it is based on fantasy Um, and we'll see how long it takes and for if us anything, to wake up. Wouldn't you think that we'd rather pay off, like clear and forgive student loan debt, so that that people could get ahead and actually have money to make savings and be able to buy houses and be able to buy new cars and be able to buy products and services they might not be able to because they're paying uh, student loan debt every month. And and that was a thing. Like the it wasn't even just your, um, yours that you were mentioning. It was also a, a public service mm-hmm. student loans, which actually was enacted during the Bush administration. And they're talking about getting 41 rid of that. 41 and 43. 43. And okay. they're talking about getting Just rid of that. Know. Yeah, Bush too. Um, and they're talking about getting rid of that and wiping that forgiveness out, 
which affects all those public servants you think about, like firefighters, EMTs, police officers, the same blue-collar type of people that Trump claims that he wants to take care of, yet they would wipe that out in the education budget, too, which is incredibly unfair for those hardworking people as well, which is a very high standard. You still have to pay off in full every month for 10 years before that's even um, forgiven. So it's not like they're getting a free ride or whatever that anyone could, could say that. So, again, it's it's things like that. And, again, focusing on the military budget, which is already the biggest in the planet several times over and continuing to increase it without Bigger taking care than of the next 10 countries exact, combined. combined and continue to increase that. And like you said, you're not seeing any of that. The, the trickle-down theory, as we know, doesn't work, and it's not going to work again, so... Yeah, but I, I mean, clearly we're safer than those next 10 countries. I mean, the fact of the matter is that oh, uh, President Trump has uh, called mm-hmm. for an increase in military spending by 5% from $716 billion to $750 billion. And I don't know about you, Tamara, but I actually feel 5% safer than I did uh, when I, uh, about a month mm-hmm. ago. We're constantly under threat. Yeah. Be afraid. Look, Be afraid. Mm-hmm. Forgi- we need to invest in the military. Forgiving college loans and forgiving debt is great. But is it going to keep murderers from crossing into our borders? I doubt it, unless they also went to one of our colleges. We need a space force mm-hmm. to protect us from above. We need a wall to protect us from the south. We need more barriers, more guns. By the way, I would rather spend the money. If we're talking about you know additional eight point six billion. I would rather spend it on space force than on a wall. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what that accomplishes for space force, but. I, I don't know. I, look, I would go and see a Space Force movie, but I don't want to see a movie about the wall. <laughs> that's just me. Uh, so, uh, anyway, that's a, that's a lot of money uh, being spent. And uh, basically, uh, the, uh, the Democrats don't like this. Uh, so that's because they don't like America. Uh, clearly, of is what that, I mean. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean yeah. that's basically what it comes. Just down in to. case people tuned in and thought all of us were. No, I mean clearly. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Uh, so you know uh, they're gonna they're gonna uh, try to block the efforts. They're really focused on the eight point six billion dollars to build the wall. Uh, but when you consider just how much else there is in there, uh, you know. But that's the signature thing to go because that's the thing that's going to bother him the most. That's the thing he promised, but. I, I don't know, Chelsea. I mean, if he doesn't get to build the wall, isn't that better for him campaigning next year? That he, it's like, look, look how hard I tried to build that wall. I wanted you people to have that wall. Democrats don't want to keep you safe, you know. Bernie doesn't want to keep you safe. I don't know. Actually, maybe he doesn't. No, but I mean, that's that's a very I, I, easy I, argument to make now if I, he doesn't I, get it. I, I don't doubt that he'll make any idiotic uh, argument. And the sad fact is, is that no matter what idiotic argument he makes. Some people will follow it, and I cannot concern myself too much with them. I can be concerned about them and loving towards them and respectful, but I'm just not going to plan around, like, strategize what should we do because people are going to believe that. I I think he's going to say what he's going to say, and then we just have to put one foot in front of the other in the hopefully more correct uh, direction. That kind of sounds like you don't think that uh, the Democrat needs to campaign in Wisconsin. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) You're saying all of Wisconsin believes his stories? No, I mean, it's just saying it's like, oh, let's just not worry about the people. I mean, that's what what Hillary did. She didn't care about Wisconsin. No, I I didn't say ignore entire states. Oh, okay. I say ignore the people who, no matter what he says, are going to believe him. Right, Right. and that's, I guess the idea is that that's going to be somewhere around half. I guess you want to try and keep it to... Like forty percent, as opposed to forty nine point seven seven seven, with a line over the seven. Because those those voters who really are 
are essentially single-issue voters on this wall are just non-movable. And I think that there's enough rest of the population who um, are, care more than just about the wall that are enough for, for Democrats to, to pull votes from. Uh, Tamara, I usually give you the joke question, but it, I had the thought from Chelsea. Oh if you were a single-issue mm. voter, like, what do you think is the, if you had to, you can only pick one, what do you think is like, all right, this is the most important thing for that candidate? And for yourself, yes, but also thinking in terms of mass appeal throughout uh, the 50 states. If she's the Democrat? Uh, yeah, that's what I'm, well, yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's what's important to you, but also, mm. you know, maybe, maybe... Maybe it's uh, the number one on your list. You're like, okay, but that might not be the one most important to everyone. Who looks who looks best in a bikini? I guess. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I would say Mitch McConnell. Really? I just have a hunch. It's, it call it, you know, that, that turtle shell really fills it out nicely. Yeah. Who can who can belt out, you know. Um, uh, meatloaf at karaoke the best. That's my well, single issue. If Trent Lott was still around, that would be my vote. But uh, it's, yeah, I don't know, actually. That's a great I question. Don't think, I, I don't think anybody who is actually paying attention to policy is a single issue voter. Hmm. Mm. What do you think, Scott? Mm. Do you think that there is a single issue that uh, is the one that people are going to respond to the most? Uh, on the left, is it going well, to be something like women's choice, or I think healthcare? Uh, uh, well, me, I asked for, Scott. For I me, didn't ask you, Chelsea. For me personally, I think it's it's healthcare, but I think that's going to be a big one too, and exactly how we can lay out a future with with providing healthcare that's and accessible for as many people as, as possible. As healthcare has gotten a little bit, not a little bit, more difficult to actually mm. get a hold of uh, over the last couple of years. Uh, Chelsea, I'm sorry. Did you have something <laughs> you wanted to say? Oh my God, I was just like, okay. Um, Worrying about health care is great, but I think the number one issue needs to be corruption, cleaning up the corruption in all the different forms. Because without that, how can we clean up the corruption that exists right. in the health care lobby to then fix health care? So if Democrats can just rally against we're, we're cleaning up the corruption, we're fighting for our democracy, much of what was contained I mean, in the resolution HR1. Trump ran on, though. He talked so, about draining the swamp. Yeah, yeah but so. that was the saying. But the, what, what was included <laughs> in the vote from last week that the House passed, H.R. 1, that about voting mm -hmm. and about moving to overturn Citizens United, I mean, it's not completely perfect, but it is a step in the right direction to cleaning up corruption. And by that, I mean the undue influence of big money in politics. That needs to be the number one issue. That's that, boring. I, well, the that's the thing. Is, I, that's I, exciting. Well, I'm just thinking as far as But even motivating, that's not possible without cleaning up yeah, corruption. I, I'm just saying motivating people to vote. I don't know if that's going to be the one to turn people out. That's the, really? I mean, no, Come I agree. On. No, no, I would no, say from I, a practical I, standpoint, I a practical, yes. But for something yes. that's going to no, drive people to vote, no, it's like, let's you, fight you, the corruption. It's jobs, You don't get excited about fighting corruption. When it's not affecting them personally, that's the thing. That is really fascinating. Here's why. All right, so if you you're an anti-corruption candidate, and I'm a very corrupt candidate. You can make your point, and I'll be like, yeah. Hey, who wants a bunch of money? I've I got do. it. Do, can yeah. I give it to you? Here you go. Vote I for like, me. I like this guy. Ah, I just won our uh, our election, and uh, Scott voted present. <laughs> <laughs> so I won on one vote. Right. Uh, but, I, look, I certainly agree that I it's do. a huge problem and so many things stem from it. It is a very difficult thing to sort of build around as a cornerstone. Why? And pre Why? President Trump didn't win on just draining the swamp. He ran on the wall 
and then also draining the swamp, so that I guess you could build the wall on the swamp. Out of, I don't know out why. Of the swamp. Why did I just? Come, I why did I only come up with that now? We should have built the wall on the swamp, and then everybody would have won. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, well, we can uh, talk more about the budget, but uh, those those are the uh, broad strokes. Let us know how you think we could one balance the budget. You know, I mean, can we just have a uh, what is it four point seven trillion dollar tax? You know, there's a few guys who have that money, and I know women have it too, but let's just go ahead and take it from the guys who have it. That's fine. You know what? Let's be equal. We're going to take it from Jeff Bezos and his wife, who has half of his money now. So everybody wins. <laughs> uh, and that might solve it right there. And Oprah. No. The- <laughs> Don't take any of Oprah's money while Chelsea's here. Well, listen, you know. The- Oprah f- works really hard for that. People on the right are going to say you can take all of the billionaire's money, and it's still not going to add up to the money that we need. And so we can't just look to a couple of people to fix this. This has to be a systemic fix a systemic resolution, and I, I, I don't just say to go after certain rich people. Do so you want to go after all the rich people, I, I, including <laughs> Hillary Clinton? <laughs> I mean, look at what she makes for speaking engagement. Because Let's tax because that. rich is such mm-hmm. a, a, a we don't haven't defined that. Yeah, um, it's, it's like pornography. You'll know it when you see it, and there's a lot of <laughs> the Venn diagram kind of crosses over a lot between yeah. pornography and rich. Right. So yes, <laughs> yes, Robert Kraft proves. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. yeah, you know, it's true. If only we had time to talk about yeah. orchids of Asia. But uh, instead, I, I want to... we don't. <laughs> I mean, it's, right? it, Did it, you talk about it last week? Was we it didn't talk about it last week because the, the political uh, ramifications of that uh, weren't really out. That uh, the woman who no longer runs it, but started Orchids of Asia, was apparently selling access to President Trump. Um, Tamara, it's just a coincidence... That she knows him, right? I can't see any. There's you can't draw a line between those two things that makes sense to me. By the way, I just can't. I'm wondering how well orchids are selling right now. Are they just? <laughs> Was this a time to buy orchid stock? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, now you say it. Yeah, the orchid industrial complex the is going to be industry. you know. Hey, blooming right now. Big Orchid has been running our government for way too long, so I hope that... uh, uh, Well, what would you like to say about it? About uh, the fact that a... a, I guess, can we call her a madam, even if she sold the... uh, You know, look, it's a legitimate business. I was just making a Robert Kraft No, I know, but then Chelsea wanted to talk about it. I mean, I think it's something certainly to talk about, and, I mean, that, that, that can be skipped over, seems... Crazy. I mean, if this were the Obama administration and that story came up, we would talk nothing right. but about that. And would you really talk nothing about it, uh, about think, nothing other than that if I it was the Obama that, administration? I think if we had this show during that time, yes. There's a, there's a fun idea. Let's do a flashback episode. <laughs> like for April Fool's, we'll do right. an, an Obama report. Right. And uh, the whole time I'll just be like, look, I can't think of anything until mm-hmm. you show me his birth certificate. No, <laughs> the real birth certificate. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, look, there's uh, here's the problem with that. Because there's a lot of question marks about, you know, this woman. And if I could remember her name, I would say it. But I can't because I wasn't prepared to talk about it today. But I know the story. Uh, so, you know, but there's there's just the access. It's not... It's not like they arrested, let's not even say President Trump. They didn't, like, arrest Paul Manafort for, you know, getting a handy before a uh, a Patriots playoff game later that afternoon in Kansas City. They have very specific evidence against Mr. Kraft. They don't have evidence, you know, of a political nature. Do you think they have it and we just haven't gotten it yet? Are you saying evidence that this woman was involved in human trafficking? No, no, no. I'm talking about tying uh, government officials because that makes it. 
you know that big of a story. I think that there's plenty of that uh, evidence on, of human that trafficking. Only if, mm. That only if Trump specifically knew of this woman's business involving human trafficking right. would he have any level of you know liability. No, of I'm sorts? just saying instead of having the evidence against Robert Kraft, stay say it wasn't again not even President Trump. Just I, I, I don't know. Uh, See, this is uh, not a court of law. We, we as a society, get to say, mm, those lines are awfully fuzzy and this relationship is a little too close and, and cozy for me to trust this person. It, th- we don't have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that Trump knew that there was human trafficking going on from people that were giving to his campaign. We're, we're not trying to throw him in jail over this. Would be nice, but that's not what we're trying <laughs> right, to do. Right, but I, w- I would also say that uh, you know, getting into that room that he's in... He very well has no idea who that woman is. You know, I mean, it's not that much of a reach. If you think about how many people are granted acts, thank you. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Beavis. (laughs) Uh, I think about how, you know, just to, you know, I, I mean, I think about how Rod Blagojevich was trying to, you know, sell uh, Obama's Senate seat. You know, Obama didn't know anything about that. You know what I mean? So it's like there's there's a lot of people that have their hand in the pie. What do you mm-hmm. think about that? Uh, there's a lot of people looking for a handout. Uh, but no, I mean, legitimately, like, yes, of course, there's like, oh, there's questions about it. But is it possible that it's just he somebody no else? Idea. He has no idea who's in a room with him and who w- was selling access to that room. You know, I mean, there's a lot of moving parts. Do you think it's possible? See, again, that fact that it's possible that he didn't know who these people were means that there is corruption easily going on that nobody is I, I mean, I think that's completely how every the, the Russian collusion has gone. Like, as long as somebody is supporting him and telling him that they're supporting him, he doesn't care what they're doing or who they're connected to or anything like that. I think he legitimately thinks that he has done nothing wrong because he doesn't he doesn't have the awareness to know what is legal and what is illegal. Right. I mean, there's plausible deniability about everything, really, because it's like if something, you know, say the the uh, the Trump Tower meeting, it's like, I don't want to know anything about that. You start to talk about something. Somebody else in the room is like, we'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you don't talk about things in front of the president. Uh, you know, all he has to say is like, yeah, I had no idea that was going on. You just shouldn't lie about it. Nixon. <laughs> Okay, but when you're when you're saying that he could not, um, you know, know about it, and he could not know that it was wrong, because he doesn't know what's wrong. He 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 has proven himself incapable of acknowledging if he's ever made a mistake, if he's mm-hmm. ever been wrong. Mm-hmm. We have exhibit, I don't know, one thousand and two from his inability to acknowledge that he made a mistake by calling Tim Cook Apple. He says it wasn't a mistake. He meant to do it in order to save words because Cook of or Cook of as in Tim Cook from Apple is way too long and wastes too much time and we know how important it is for him to be concise. He hates being verbose and so that's all there was. For him I mean to just look at the, just, to, just to interject, that, just look at the brevity of his speech at CPAC. Yeah. Obviously he does not want to go on too long. So he doesn't any, want to use too many words. Any man that is not capable mm-hmm. of like, oh that was a funny mistake or just acknowledging yeah, sure. I, I messed right. up is um not even not capable of not knowing right from wrong, but just should not be trusted by anybody. Yeah. Uh, that's something that I personally look for mm-hmm. in a person as I 
grow a relationship with them is I'm looking for, are they able to call themselves out for any mistake? Mm -hmm. You know, even if it's like for traffic, you know, oh, I'm sorry, I'm late traffic. And that's their go-to every time. And they make no behavior modification for it. Then I know that they're just blaming something external and are having no personal accountability for any of their actions. None of us are perfect. We make sense. I'm, you know, I can call somebody by the wrong name if you can just acknowledge it or even just don't lie about it just don't say anything about it and go on to make this really weird mm-hmm. defense about it i, well, I think I, we're all in agreement i, I mean no, yeah. I, nobody's arguing uh, okay. Okay. explain yeah. that i can't believe you're but sitting next how, to me yeah. after three years the fact that i don't think i've ever admitted to any mistakes but i really want to know because <laughs> i haven't made any i really uh, want I to know say from people have, like so. from people who 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 believe um president trump does that not register with him that he's not able to acknowledge any mistakes? I think that they would say those mistakes don't matter. What's important to me is something like the wall because what they wouldn't say about the wall is that it makes them feel that they're safe from having to deal with people who um, look, sound, and live differently I think from we spend too much time trying to analyze the psychology of why Trump supporters support Trump. It's I think it's a waste of our time. Let's just go well, It's probably well, I mean, a waste fun, of our time, fun, but it's way Fundamentally, they for supported me. him because he wasn't Hillary, and then it's just sort of grown because it's like everyone who says that they're smarter than you tells you why you shouldn't vote for him, and it just sort of makes it more endearing right. uh, to a lot of those people. And, and I would endearing, say a lot of people wow. that are not even don't even necessarily love them that much are like you said are going to do the things they like so they know like a, a democratic candidate's not going to do that but at least they know they're going to get their supreme court justices they're going to get the anti-abortion they're going to get the wall they're going to get all the things that they think are important so they'll overlook all of his many many I mean, many many I, flaws I, I feel to get like what they want the pragmatic supporters like that are the minority i think yeah I, I just I'm contradicting myself now. I said let's not waste our time talking about that. <laughs> Here yeah. I am, but like but. I, the majority are just the ones that are like he says he loves America. Right. I'm on board. That's all they need. He says he supports the military. I'm on board. It doesn't matter that everything he does completely contradicts that. It doesn't matter that everything he does completely contradicts my personal demographic and special interests. He says that he loves America. He says that he supports the troops. That's all I hear, and that's all well, I that's, care about. That, I mean, that's... that that is his. I mean, that's sort of the pragmatic side, too, is like, okay, you know, I'm getting what I want out of it. And also, you just have the cult of personality with him, too, that... Look, people are just gonna. People are. He says what regard, he says. Yeah. What's on his mind? He has and no. They, like, they like that. He has no filter. Yeah. yeah. No. Look. Uh, the, you know, he uh, gives people things that are important to them. Uh, Amy Klobuchar is not going to give oh you God. Space Force. <laughs> she will not give you Space Force. I, I guarantee right Amy now. Amy Croissant. Yeah. Amy yeah. Croissant. No, guys, I cannot be on a show where that is the jo- the punchline. Come on. Uh, Look, she decided to run for president with that name. Wait, what did you even say? Your, the, the pronunciation of her name I, overshadowed. I uh, you guys, but here's said. the thing: she's not the wor- it's not the worst name running for president. Hickenlooper. Yeah, because we're gonna mm-hmm. have a president named Hickenlooper. I don't care about what he stands for. I don't care how great he does in a debate. What did you no say about Amy Klobuchar? What did you say you, about? But her? she's not. They voted for Colorado. Guys. She's not gonna twice. support P- Space Force. So that's why people aren't gonna vote for her. Let's not be like. I mean, I get, I get the humor thing. I appreciate that, but like, <laughs> Do you uh, sometimes, sometimes. But yeah, the Amy there was one time I made you laugh. I remember that much. time I made you laugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one time, Scott, I specifically pulled this story because oh, I yeah. wanted to start with you on this. Uh, Nancy Pelosi says the Trump is just not worth impeaching. Do you agree with that? Well, 
taking it from what it is, I, I still think what what she's referring to is what's going to come out with the Mueller report, what's going to happen, and that hasn't come out yet. And and she did say that she's like, unless there's some really big thing in there, and it's true. It's it, she doesn't want it to become focused on her caucus having to worry about running for election and re-election next year with that hanging over their heads because that's an easy uh, thing to turn against uh, those moderates and people that are kind of on the line that might want to vote for Democrat but don't want to be caught up in the drama of impeachment. Um, That said, it's also talking about our impeachment clock. We're starting to run out of that time because by the time if we start not getting the the Mueller report soon and knowing what's in there, knowing maybe more of what he actually did, it is going to get so close to the election that it's going to be pointless to pursue that when people are running and having to defend that. So I think she's being pragmatic. Again, going back to that, we were saying earlier is that she's looking at the interest of what they're looking for in 2020 and what the voters are going to want. And and to be focused on impeachment takes away from some of the other things they're going to want to do. Um, That said, again, she left it open depending on what happens. I agree with that. I agree with her. So so Tamara, what this means to me Uh, is that if you want to see Trump get impeached, he has to get reelected, so that's what everybody should be waiting for: is for him to get reelected no, so he I can be impeached she, in the second term. She, so what Nancy Pelosi yeah. said is that impeaching Trump will divide America, and yeah. I think what she's ultimately saying by that is when Bill Clinton got impeached, his approval rating among Democrats went up ten percent. Right. His approval rating went up. Ten uh, percent is a lot. So what she's saying is I, the the base of the Republicans that have his approval rating has been going down. It, this is only going to help him to be impeached. Well, I think that's what she's pointing to. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. It's like you're getting too close to the election that now you're pulling down your people of your caucus that are going to have to run on this this one issue, which will be blasted by Republicans. And and you're right. Then it makes him the martyr, which we're saying is it, yeah. So that unless there's something really huge in there, which we still haven't seen that report to be able to, well, you know, there's so many other scandals going on that. Well, Chelsea, the fact that it wouldn't clear the Senate is that maybe a reason not to do it because you just know that you know you can impeach him if you want to, but you're not going to remove him as president. So it mostly ha- money. It really only has a negative uh, impact. My my issue with the, her saying this is not that she is wrong or doesn't have some logic to back up her point. I think she makes a fair point. I think that this is one of those times where she shouldn't have said anything about it at mm-hmm. all. Like, let's not talk about impeachment. Let's talk about oh, I don't know, corruption. Let's talk about other issues. What she said about impeaching, not impeachment, makes sense. But we don't know if he does something tomorrow that, you know, now is like super impeachable worthy that both sides of the aisle are going to agree on. So she should have kind of just kept her mouth shut about this. But she did say that, though, and she said that that would be the thing if something major came on that it was a bipartisan thing, that therefore they would move forward with that. So she did make that claim. And that's why I said I do that understand That detail it. is buried way yeah. down there. And of course the headline yeah. is just Nancy Pelosi says no impeachment. Right, because Kevin McCarthy said, oh yeah. But yeah, so, let, so I think that it, she she should have mm-hmm. uh, declined to comment on that and used that precious time to talk about something that really matters. Tamara, uh, do you think that President Trump, we always know how he characterizes uh, everything. Do you think he would have the best impeachment? Would it be the best impeachable defenses that anybody, you know, better than any impeachment ever? Oh, that's tricky. Yeah, how would he spin that one? It would, just it like, would well, be look- it would be the most unfair impeachment mm-hmm. ever. It would be the most witch witch hunted unfair <laughs> Presidential harassment. Presidential <laughs> harassment. Yes. I know you're friends with, uh, friendly with Sarah Huckabee Sanders. You should get those words all to her. <laughs> I think that that would help her in a statement. 
we only have a few minutes, but uh, a story that I pulled just for Chelsea mm-hmm. was that New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio has announced a meatless Monday for public schools in New York. Now, uh, for me, I can see one reason why that makes sense, because New York is... Uh, having a lot of budgetary issues. You would think it was in California. And uh, to me, that seems like, you know, whatever the cost of lunch, because, you know, there's kids who get lunch provided for them by the state because otherwise they're you know, not going to be able to have lunch. Uh, I feel like to do that one day a week is probably going to save, you know, I don't know, thousands, million Ex- dollars. Except that I saw that it's a... a- Cost-neutral cost endeavor. It's a cost-neutral endeavor. Yeah. Well, so there goes there goes my endorsement. But but I still think it's a good thing for the consciousness of these kids that they don't need meat to survive. That they can have good, delicious, healthy food that doesn't have meat. In fact, eating meat at every meal or even every day is unhealthy, and it's unhealthy for the planet. See, one of the biggest hurdles in overcoming healthcare is the ballooning costs of covering everything that could be handled if we all just ate better. So I, you know, when when people on the right ask, well, how are we going to pay for this Medicare for all? Part of my solution is, is that we stop the subsidies for meat Mm -hmm. because then people will, in all likelihood, become healthier and the cost will come down because we're not going to have to pay so much for these diseases of lifestyle. So I think that that... um, you know, goes nicely into that. And I, I you know, I, I read in that article that, oh, if we all stopped eating meat, it would make, you know, a very negligible difference in our uh, f- impact on climate. And I just disagree with the I, numbers I totally in there. That disagree. was like 2.6%. Yeah, I, I think it's a very, very high number. And perhaps they just did I not stopped use... eating meat for environmental reasons last year. By st- mm-hmm. But oh, then, sorry, I was waiting for the joke part. Oh. I actually had no idea. I was just like, yeah. okay, what's this? I, uh, I still eat fish because I can't give up sushi. Yeah, I do. I, also, I fish are assholes. I do love sushi. Let's be honest. Uh, Scott, uh, you might be able to uh, you know, implement a program like this in New York City, specifically uh, localized in Brooklyn. Just making a mm-hmm. joke. Uh, but it is localized in Brooklyn. Uh, yeah. Now you're from Florida. Mm-hmm. How do you think this would play throughout the state of Florida? It would not play well. You don't think? Florida, no. What no. if the tofu was uh, Guys, covered in no, country no, no, gravy? No. no, stop with the tofu. That's I'm just not picking a meat means. substitute. It means. No. It's fine. The broccoli is covered in country gravy. No. Would that work in Florida? No, but welcome to 2019, where we have Beyond Meat and Impossible it's Meat. Really good. I, I mean, I, I yeah. ate fake meat when I was still eating meat. It's good. And it is Impossible good. I like veggie meat, burgers. Uh, Impossible food has the same healthy uh, uh, benefits of meat without the. But doesn't it cost a lot more? Currently, yes. Yes. But that's the, so, that's the so truth you want to subsidize everything. Beyond Meat, but not Who actually. Who said meat? anything about subsidizing? Well, I'm just saying if you're going to try and get it into schools, that's the only way that I can see. You know, you're not going to say, like, we spend don't more know. money. We don't know that. We haven't talked to the Beyond people. Well, the Beyond people, I, I'm pretty sure uh, if you go to their website, it's probably like not a dot idea. .org. Beyond yeah. people sounds like the new Illuminati. <laughs> beyond people. Well, yeah, Look. I mean, if they do it in bulk, maybe they can bring the cost down. But exactly. I, I would say it wouldn't play well in Florida only because it'll be the whole, I have the freedom to eat whatever, which goes back to our problem of okay, fast fine. food and sugars. Fine. And, if you, then if you want to eat all things. the fat and sugar mm-hmm. and unhealthy stuff that you want, then I do not want to help pay for your health care. Can we, uh, how, how about that? You want the freedom to kill yourself with what you eat I have the freedom to not have to pay for that so I I do agree with that in that I don't want to be paying for everybody's health care that is 
being really uh, irresponsible with their Well, with because their health. if you get that, then if uh, I don't have to pay for abortions, and then if we're going to go down that road of what Right, if you could check out on your tax uh, your tax yeah, what, returns what, what you don't want to pay for. I would love to do. I still wish I could. I'd love to say I'm not paying for the wall. I'm, I'm not paying for this. Look, I'm not paying for I'm going to put all my money. I'm pro-choice, by the way. I'm we just have, saying. We have to wrap, but I'm going to put all my money towards the, the border wall. But also, <laughs> I'm going to give all my money to the Beyond people and the Lizard people. Thank Lizard? You. Yeah. <laughs> the Beyond Well, that goes back to a few weeks Impossible. ago. Anyway. There is another company called Finless Foods, which is going to be... Um, Alternative fish that would be interesting. Oh, that would be very interesting. I heard huh. it's not a vegan. Yeah, but I still hate fish. Too. Anyway, we are out of time. Thanks for everyone who was in the chat. Uh, it's great to have the whole gang back together. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Christian DMZ, and don't forget that the show is on Twitter, not Instagram. At Trump Report ABTV. Chelsea, where do people find you? At Chelsea Galicia. Tamara. TamaraBrown.com. Whoa! Ooh, all right. Wow. Scott? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at SMan80, probably writing something nasty to Mitch McConnell. <laughs> He's like a fish, you know. Uh, all right. Thanks, Don't everybody. Insult turtle. Fish. He's a turtle. <laughs> or turtles. <laughs> we will uh, see you next week at uh, 4 Pacific on Tuesday. Thanks, everyone. Our Bye. founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal. 